Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the hardest working person in all of horse racing, Michelle Yu. <laughs> That's very nice. It's very true. I mean, is there... It's quasi-true. Who works harder than you? Let's put a list together. Uh, I mean, physical labor. Ryan works pretty hard. That's... Talking to people, you work pretty hard. No, come on. It's not even close. You have like 17 jobs. I do have 17 jobs. Well, it's an exciting time. Obviously, Saratoga started last week, but Friday is going to be the opening day at Del Mar. And Thanks you, for going through the first two things on uh, three things of no excellent. Job. Well, I mean, you know, listen, uh, I mean, this is what's on my mind. We just got off the draw for Friday. It's very exciting. Um, 14. Where did, where did it conclude draw? Uh, nine of 14 in the $100,000 Oceanside Stakes, which is the opening day feature, as always. Won last year by Balnikov. And mm -hmm. uh, Michelle, can Little Red Feather make it two years in a row? I hope you don't. Just selfishly. <laughs> All right, but if <laughs> well, you have Z Bull uh, yeah, who drew fourteen. Conclude, conclude could, and he's coming off a nice win, stretching out to a mile. Yeah, that's the question. Can he get the mile distance Hector Berrios rides for Phil D'Amato? More importantly, we have an unbelievable, um, a really, really cool guest today, um, yes. Michelle. I mean, how how did you pull this off? I mean, do we want to have it a surprise or? So our, our guest is known as LSU Racing, and uh, his name is Larry Sarf, and he owns a horse named Farbridge, who if you watch any kind of East Coast turf racing, you're certainly familiar with. And I was really looking, and we were kind of playing with some Del Mar people, but I was looking at some of the people that won stakes at Saratoga or at New York recently, just because Saratoga's already underway, and kind of thought he would be a cool get, and he's going to come on that's amazing he's going to come on we're going to get to him right after we do our three things of note michelle I'll let you kick it off okay well the first thing of note was obviously that del mar is opening up this weekend how many races did they draw billy uh you know what i jumped off after our, the last one but i believe there's either nine or ten i think nine maybe right okay there's a know. there's know, a million we have two fillies in another race Oh, I don't remember. There is a million-dollar pick-six guarantee, which is kind of cool on opening day, and the fields are full. I mean, every race is loaded. It's yeah. going to it, – listen, I want everybody to go out and bet and bet and bet. We want the handle. We want you guys to enjoy the day, but it is going to be tough. I can tell you that right now. Be exciting. Uh, we moved in the first day that you could. I think we were the first people on track. So we've been at Del Mar plenty of days already. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. It's just a statement. Does that give you an advantage of any kind? You know, I don't know if it gives you an advantage. I mean, some horses certainly take a little bit to acclimate. Like, I wouldn't want to ship in the day before if I didn't have to. Right? Yeah, but I think most and people are And you look at when horses ship down for, like, the fall meet. I mean, yeah. a lot of them don't handle the ship same day very great. Is there – let me ask you this. Is there a horse or a race or a – an event that you are most looking forward to this summer at Del Mar? Ooh, I mean, nothing specific. I really like, I really just enjoy 
coming up and sitting on the veranda with you guys at table 36. <laughs> we, we love having you. Uh, your champagne will be ready. And uh, we're, we're chomping at the bit, the proverbial bit. I'm such bit. a freeloader. I eat off everybody's plates. I'm That's, like, are you done with that? Are you done with fine. that? You're fine. You're fine. We absolutely love having you. Um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm looking forward to opening day. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to Carmathon. It's oh, on. When, when it's is Carmathon? August 26th, 8-26. Okay. Uh, we're, we're doing starting the marketing soon, probably in early August. And uh, I hope we, we beat our last year figure. We Remember, we had that uh, that crazy matching donation of $150,000. So we got to three hundred. So our goal is, you know, over three hundred. Can we get there? So we're not, and we're not going to ride any bulls this year. <laughs> no, no, it's just Karmathon. We're not riding bulls. We're not going live yet. This is it's 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 a great event. It's a great day, and everybody, all the owners and trainers and 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 players and jockeys and everybody part you know participates and and gives to the aftercare in uh, California, and we really appreciate it. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to I'm looking. Listen, opening day is obviously. <laughs> Like, I, I can't wait. I can't believe right now we're recording on Tuesday. I can't believe it's so far away still. But right. um, it's going to be a great weekend. The weather is spectacular. Uh, and uh, But then I also look forward to those last couple of weekends because you have Labor Day weekend. You have the Pacific Classic. And then the last weekend's always those great baby races. You know, you got Delmar well, Futurity. I, you got I, the debutante. to see some of the babies, right? Yeah, like, yeah. they had the DRF article looking ahead to some of the babies that the big stables have yep. coming at you. And there's some big priced two-year-olds coming out oh yeah oh yeah who is your uh top three two-year-olds i mean who are look moose you can't moose no no no. i'm talking about you oh our three-year-olds two-year-olds um we've got uh a mendelson that we named in suspense that worked nine and four and he's been coming along really well nice and uh we got a nice little filly that uh, her name is Next Right Thing. Okay. And she's snappy for sure. Oh, snappy. She's super quick. I like it. All right. What's next? Uh, next is, since you were talking about aftercare, wait, how about you? Who's your favorite two-year-old coming up? Where's Ice Cream, You Scream? Ice Cream, You Scream uh, breezes her second breeze tomorrow. She will probably, I would assume, make like the last weekend. She's very nice. Love her. Love Blister in the Sun, which is our Matoli filly. Oh, blister in, in the, the sun. sun when you go home. Um, she has been tearing it up. Uh, glow Glow, our Mendelssohn filly, is, spe oh, yes. is spectacular. Um, that horse made the, uh, yeah. the baby previews. Yeah, she's really, really nice. She's something. Uh, and then we have uh, Anna Riley. Are you who, going dirt or turf with her? Don't know yet. Um, don't know yet. Probably dirt, I would say. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, just to give her a shot. Um, but she'll probably be in like you know book two. Uh, Anna Riley is the the filly that ran second in Europe in Ireland. Um, she's gonna run down here. She just got in, and she'll probably breeze this weekend. So it's an exciting time. I I I love the two year olds. I just they're the hope. You know, they're the hope. Mm -hmm. So all right. Moving on. All right. So, so back to it. So back to you were talking about aftercare and in that kind of same vein, want to remind anyone listening that's local, especially that the PDJF Jockey Karaoke is this Sunday Hell yeah. at the Belly Up. Yes. And it's July 30th if you're on the East Coast at Vapor, but it's Belly Up on Sunday. Are you going? And yes. Okay. You want to yes, go together? I will go. I'm not judging this year. Do you want to go together? 
uh, I have to go early. Okay. Because I have to help. I mean, how about I this? I'll meet. I'll meet you there. Labor. I'll meet okay. you there. Um, so if you guys are interested in buying tickets to watch that or showing up, you can head over to bdjf.org and get all the information there. Awesome. Okay. Yep. Um, part like one a really of the three things of note was Saratoga opening. They ran a ton of stakes races. Did you have a favorite? Um, I think the, the first time starting Philly of, uh, Becky's Joker, Becky's Joker was like so impressive uh, to run against horses that have already run before and just absolutely dominate, um, a two year old Philly like that. I thought she was uber impressive. I'm a big fan of Casa Creed. Uh, I think he's just a freaking warrior. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think those two were my two favorites. I also liked Pratt beating Irad on the other Chad Brown yes. in the Diana. White Beam. White Beam. Yep. I think the, those three probably stood out. I Listen, you know, Southern California gets so much shit for field sizes and trainers and stuff like that. And you look at a race like Diana, it has four, four, five horses and four are trained by Chad Brown. I mean, what? and it's a grade one. If that right. happened out here, people would be calling for our heads, right? Right. Um, yes. You know, and I know that that Saratoga had a lot of bad weather, so the the, the field sizes were down. But even on the days when it was nice, you're you're going to see something when this overnight comes out for opening day at Del Mar. It's going to. I think the average field size is going to be over ten, might be eleven. Oof. Yeah, it's huge. Well, and they they got you know what they got horses waiting in the wings too. I know we entered uh, two year old Calbred Phillies. Twenty five. Twenty yeah, twenty five in that race, and they didn't split it. They could have easily split with two tens. Yeah, but they can't. The, all the other book races went. Exactly. So, exactly. Anyway. So that's that's a good position to be sitting in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to just point out too that the Sanford was won by a Calbred. Yo-Yo yes. Candy Yo-Yo. did win that. Yo-Yo Candy. Um, okay, and then my third thing of note was that the Toba Clinics are also coming to uh, Del Mar, and that's going to be Friday, July 28th, and there's going to be a whole host of people leading little seminars, including Billy. Oh, yes, yes. I am a Toba board member, and I will be doing a uh, seminar on horse ownership and partnerships, and so we... Hopefully you will come out and listen to me blab for a half hour. Just like our shows. Pretty Except much. I get to look at you too. It's so nice. Oh, there you go. Are you coming? Uh, maybe. We should just make that our show. Right. I should it's just a bring Friday, you. So maybe. I'll bring you um, up. The let's. What else is there? The horse of the year, uh, Costa and Stephanie Hironis are going to be there. Bill Nader is going to give like an overview of like the racing industry. Doug O'Neill is going to do a barn tour. Bing Bush is going to do legal work in racing. Dr. Carpenter is going to talk about like the role of a track veterinarian. And so, and obviously Bill is going to talk about ownership and partnership. So I think it's a really interesting lineup. And if you're listening to this show, this is something that you might want to be a part of if you're local. So you can head over to toba.memberclicks.net forward slash seminars dash clinics. Uh, perfect. I, Michelle, I'm sure you're saving this for the end, but we have a little bit of time before we want to get to our tremendous guest, Larry Sarf. Uh, the closing of Golden Gate Fields. Yeah, was that wasn't going to be like a three thing of note. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I'm kind of doing it after, and I want to get right. to it now before we talk to okay. Larry and everybody, you know, hangs up on our show and fast forwards our ending. Um, just a sad day for racing, sad day for a lot of people who have jobs up there. Um, and it's really, really unfortunate. I'd like to get your thoughts. Um, so this won't, 
this was just announced yesterday or the day before that uh, the Stronach Group will close Golden Gate at the end of their winter meeting, which is December 19th, I think, some, somewhere around there. So it's not instantaneous. I don't know if this had anything to do with the ordinance that was proposed by Berkeley or if it had anything else to do with anything. Yep. I don't feel educated enough to make a statement on... Well, you can say that it's my, not it's not good because it's not like people are out there building racetracks, right? They're taking them away. Right, so right. Um, we can't just continually lose racetracks, in my opinion. Um, they're not going to be replaced. People are saying, well, the horses will come down to Santa Anita, but a I lot mean, of... Come on, 20, t- 20% tops of the Northern California horses are going to be competitive on the Southern I, California I circuit. I couldn't agree with you more. And people are going to have to, you know, change their jobs or retire or take their horses somewhere else. And it's just, I, to me, it's it's a, just another black eye on our sport. But hopefully the Stronach Group will figure it all out. And they're claiming it will make Santa Anita stronger. And I certainly hope that's the case. Well, that's why I want to hear the plan. Like, there's like if there's a plan, I want to hear the plan. I, I like, think that's are fair. we going to write lower level races? That means that more of the horses can come down here. Are we going to write more conditions? That means some of the horses can come. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The current book right now might not suit most of the horses that run at NorCal, which is why we've kept the two circuits separate. But if there's those kind of allocations, that makes it a whole different spectrum than we're talking about now. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, let's um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll bring on Larry Sarf to talk about Farbridge, LSU Stables. Do you think LSU is for the LSU Tigers, or is there an, a U after Larry Sarf? Well, I know the answer to that. Okay, well, let's, hey, let's take it up after the break. <laughs> Toba's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. Projects managed by, managed by Toba include the American Graded Stakes Committee, Claiming Crown, Ownership Seminars, Breeding Confirmation and Pedigree Clinics, and the Sales Integrity Program. Toba provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee, International Cataloging Standards Committee, and the International Thoroughbreds Breeders Federation. Thoroughbred Charities of America, TCA, is a charitable arm of TOBA. TOBA Media Properties, a subsidiary of TOBA, is the co-owner of Blood Horse LLC. Did you know that, Michelle? I did not. Yeah, there you go. TOBA is also represented on the board of the, Na- of the directors of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association as a founding member and... Get this, Toba is represented on the board of directors of the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium as a founding member. Toba is a very instrumental part of our racing world. Check him out. What's the what's the what's the uh, website, Michelle? Uh oh my gosh, what you're asking me? Yeah. You're a Toba board member. I know. I'm just going to say it's www.toba.com. Well, wait, I don't th- I think cuz the other the thing for the clinics yeah. is like has like a weird thing and it's dot net. So let me check it real quick. Oh, I think it is. Okay. Let's get the yeah, correct so. website for Toba on this ad that we're not stopping. We're not stopping. No, and I'm not <laughs> editing it. You're not editing it. Well, they didn't give us the uh, the read, so I want to make sure we get it right. Okay, so it is Toba.org. Just www.toba.org, T-O-B-A.org. Yep, which is way different than the Toba uh seminar that's why we do these ads toba www.toba.org 
The owner's box is thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. The next Challenge Series win and you're in races come in the 2023 Grade 1 Haskell from Monmouth Park on July 22nd. I'll be there live on site. The winner will be... Uh, will be receiving an automatic berth into the $6 million Long Jeans Classic, including $150,000 in entry fees and a $10,000 travel award to the nominator. Be sure to stay tuned in to the In the Money Media Network for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. The owner's box is thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. The great racing north of the border at Woodbine continues with greatest stakes all summer, highlighted by the Kings play in August and the grade one Woodbine mile in September. Don't miss out on the action. And for more information, go to woodbine.com. All right, we're back here on the owner's box. We have a very special guest today. His name is Larry Sarf. And uh, we're, I think we're calling New York, I imagine, or someplace back east. Larry, welcome to the show. Where are we calling? You're calling New York, right next to New York. You, thank you for the welcome. It's my pleasure. Well, listen, you had a big week last week. We know Farbridge finally got the job done after a couple of troubled trips. Um, but before we get into talking about him and your stable, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into uh, horse racing ownership, horse rate, horse ownership. Um, we got into ownership, my wife and I. Went on our first date, 1967, we went to Belmont Racetrack. That was your first date? Uh, first date, first date. You, you're you're um, a romantic. You're a romantic. genius. I love it. <laughs> She's still upset at me. That, uh, <laughs> I paid admission, but uh, I told her to bet with her own money. Now she's still upset. <laughs> but... Uh, so uh, that started us off, and then I went into the army, and uh, she would send me a copy of the results each day, uh, and I get them. I was in uh, at that time in Germany to ship me to, and uh, I would uh, see Cordero and Velasquez and Vasquez and what's uh, it's very called George uh, Velasquez. Okay, we called them absolutely Velasquez. sure. And uh, Usuri and, and Rats and so on, the other traders. So I would every day look forward to mail to getting the results. And um, that's how it first started our interest. What happened once you got back from the Army? Did you immediately buy, start buying horses? So when I got back from the Army, uh, we used to go to the track probably... Uh, Every Saturday, there was no racing on Sunday at that time. So we won every Saturday. And um, we we really, you know, I was working two jobs. And uh, I was packing produce at night from 12 to 12, 1 in the morning till about 7. And then I went to my regular job wow. till about 6 at night. Oh, my goodness. So, we, yeah, so we enjoyed the track. But we, I had no time really to go except on uh, Saturday. And um, we, had a, we didn't get into purchasing horses until 1987 when we, when we claimed uh, Club of Joy from uh, Jimmy Ferraro. Well, no, we claimed him, I forgot from who, but Jimmy Ferraro ended up claiming for us uh, and training, and we claimed another horse from, from him. But he was famous for John Henry. 
Oh, so right. He had claimed John Henry, which is a very interesting story. Wait, John Henry? I, I didn't know John Henry was a claiming horse. I guess I'm just not in touch. It was a he was, No, John Henry was. John Henry was gelded. That's yes. where you're right. Yes. John Henry was gelded, and uh, Jimmy claimed John Henry and then lost him for a quarter in another claiming race. And John Henry moved around quite a bit. Totally made about six million dollars at that time. It would be probably equivalent to sixty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we stayed in the game a while. We claimed a couple, uh, about three or four other horses, and then we got back in the game at the Rokeby Dispersal Sale. Uh, we purchased a horse named Blair of Trumpets. Okay, and it was a nice three-year-old and. Uh, it came from, uh, I think, Mac Bailey trained the horse at that time. Um, we paid 47000 and the horse went on to win the toboggan, the grade three toboggan, in 93. And um, we ended up selling him, half of him, to Mr. Rusty Arnold, mm-hmm. who bred him. And we had some nice uh, babies, so we went down to Kentucky, we saw the babies. So we bred for a couple of years, and then it wasn't that exciting after, <laughs> after seeing so many babies. Uh, but like, it was yeah, that one's got like, four legs and a tail, too. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, right on. You just ruined so, Michelle's. Uh, you ruined Michelle's favorite question of what's your favorite part. I don't think it's breeding, Michelle. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It's not. Um, so we got out of breeding, and we. I went back in and purchased some, maybe another two or three horses. Uh, then we purchased a horse named Quiet Ruler, which is a great story. Our best story. We purchased Quiet Ruler, a New York State bred, um, and we were partners with Russ Mueller. Russ Mueller was a father-in-law to Jacinto Vasquez. Yes, okay. the rider of Ruffian. Uh, yeah, Right, he was an unbelievable rider. He was one of my favorites back in the sixties. And um we we purchased a horse um in New York and we ran him as a state in the state bred races and we won the Mohawk two thousand two Mohawk uh and we were ecstatic. The horse paid ninety six dollars. Wow. Did you have any did you have a bet? Yeah, we had a few bucks, and uh, <laughs> we, t- we took care of him very well, Quiet Ruler. Of course. And then we won the Mohawk again the next year with this board Quiet Ruler. And Johnny Velasquez wrote it down, uh, and he paid $46. Oh, my oh goodness. My gosh. So he ended up, we, we ended up putting him in a claiming race. He got claimed. And we really loved him, and they, whoever played him took him up to Massachusetts. They ran him up at Rockingham, and they ran him in, I think, Single Lakes. Uh, then he disappeared, um, and then he ended up, this is this is a really good story. Uh, I'll give you the end of the story before the middle. Uh, we still have him. He's Whoa! Years old. That's awesome. I so, love that. How old is and, he? Uh, that, so he's uh, 24 now, and 
So, but we lost track of him. And then my wife, Leslie, she said, I wonder where Quiet Rule is. So we started to look at him up and there was a Quiet Rule down in some, some country, Puerto Rico and some other country. We didn't know where to find him. Finally, we found him in Saratoga with a nice family. And we got contacted then and they, we went up to visit him. Oh. And he was as beautiful then as that he was about 12 years earlier. Oh, and this that's was back so in good. Two, was that great? I got the chills. <laughs> I, you, you've, you've brought yeah. me to chills and, and a little, a little, I'm a little weepy right now, to be honest with you, Larry. That's a, what a great story. Larry Sarf joining us, Sarf joining us here on the Owner's Box. Uh, Michelle, I know you want to go back in time. Talk to Larry. I do. I want to go back to you said you claimed your first horse. And I know because I've talked to you offline, but your first horse was a winner. You guys didn't have to have the uh, the bad luck bears right off the bat. Yeah, we went off the claim. We went right off the claim. 17-5. We went to 25. We, had, you know, we didn't want to wait the 30 days. We didn't want to jail them for the 30 days, which you have to. And so we ran them for a quarter and we won our first race. That's How important sick. do you think that that win was in your continuation of ownership? <laughs> um, well, it, it, Belmont's about eight miles from us, and we we won at Belmont, and it's not very easy to win at Belmont in those days because you had you know, pretty tough trainers then. You you know you had the owners were amazing, so you had all the big farms at that point. Um, how you met you had you had uh, Woody Stevens training for Green Tree. You had I, I, I could go on and on, but oh. I have to finish this great story. Yes. So we find the horse upstate in, um, in right near Saratoga, maybe ten miles north, and we go up to visit the horse. The woman was great, and we see Quiet Ruler, and this is 2015, and. After we see him running this and that, and we asked, "Can we come up here and visit my favorite horse?" He has, I have three other horses. To make a long story shorter, uh, we decided to. Well, she decided that she had to move to Virginia, and she couldn't take all the horses. Asked us if we'd like to have the horse. <laughs> so amazing. I mean, and our backyard <laughs> is on the water. I couldn't put him in the water, so <laughs> I said, "Okay." And we ended up buying, we ended up taking the horse from her, and we put the horse in a rescue. Uh, the horse was up. She got him. We went the way she got him, and she got him from somebody uh, who bred the horses. I think it was uh, at that time it won a New York bred for either West Point Stable or Gallagher. It was Gallagher Stables. They had him up for auction to go to Canada and you know what they were doing. So they would send a representative from Gallagher to check the tongues of every horse that was auctioned because they didn't want their horses auctioned. Sure. Uh, and that's where she got him from Gallagher who took him out of the auction. So again, now we have him in the farm. I end up, my friend had a little farm and then I ended up buying at the farm for rescue horses. And oh. now we have, uh, we've had it rebuilt from the, uh, citizens, some of the, many of the citizens of, of Pennsylvania. 
And now we have 36 stalls and we have 50 acres. We have a training uh, center um, and the horses roam. Uh, and he's 20, and we visit him twice a year. And it's great to see him. He's wonderful. That's amazing. And that's, um, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a major achievement. That's amazing. That's just amazing. And it speaks a lot for what you're doing for aftercare. I know that's a big part uh, of what you do. I don't know if you know much about myself and Michelle, but I'm the uh, president of Karma, which is our aftercare association here in California. Michelle is extremely active in all aftercare. Why? We say, you know, uh, uh, ownership is, is a responsibility, not just while the horses are racing, but after their careers are done. Talk a little bit about how that, why that's so important to you. Well, important. we love animals, and um, well, it's important to us. We're part of, more or less, uh, a calmer out here, which is called the BCCA. Okay, so it's the it's the child care for Belmont Child Care Association. Sure, that's what it's be. That's what it stands for. As a matter of fact, uh, they're giving us the humanitarian of the year award this year. Oh, congratulations! Uh, which we're gladly to accept, and uh, we, we're very big sponsors of the BCCA, and they have uh, the Anna House there, where they take mm-hmm. in the children that are with the that are that are children of of the jockeys and the grooms of all the workers on the track and they take care of them and and a preschool age uh and they do a great job they do a wonderful job that that is it's, um, that's it's so special and it's great to hear people you know giving back larry i think you are a uh, considering you're getting the humanitarian award i don't think i'm saying anything off base here but the fact that you do give back you do take care of these horses is a it, it's just a pleasure to have people like you associated in our sport well, um, we love it and i thank you okay for for understanding that and you being part of karma, I could understand that the horses, when they finish racing, that there's another home for them and that's in our heart. And uh, we feel very strongly about that. Uh, my family, my son, Randy, uh, my wife, Leslie. Uh, matter of fact, my wife uh, is an artist and she does paintings of horses for the last 30 years, maybe 40 years. Wow. And she set up a gallery in South Carolina, and she sold some pictures down there. Then she decided, listen, she wants to keep the pictures that she uh, that she uh, uh, her artwork and make them part of her home. And we have pictures, pictures all over, <laughs> racing horses in the snow. We have them up in our Saratoga house. We have them in our West Hampton house. So in our different houses, you'll see everything, all history about her paintings and her horses, and she's a great artist. It, it was so, that Larry. Larry, uh, was that an invite for Michelle and I to come to your Saratoga house and hang out and go to the track with you? And see the oh, definitely. Okay, just wanted to make definitely. sure. I just wanted to make sure. I know Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> I know Michelle has a question for you. Go ahead, Michelle. Larry, I want to get back to real quick just the. Uh, the farm that you have for the horses to retire does it have a name is it something that we can follow or that we can lead people towards donations or are you just kind of like an under the radar i i do my my own part type guy yeah it's we're, we're under the radar we're not a 501c3 
Okay. Um, we uh, we charge, I think, it's six hundred dollars a month to take care of the horse. Probably the thirty percent less than what it costs, uh, just mainly for the food and for the care. Right. Um, and uh, people that uh, want to get, you know, that horses retire, we'd like to take them in and take care of them. Uh, and we don't want them selling them to those uh, countries that slaughter these animals. And we want to make sure that they have an afterlife. Uh, and that makes us proud. Absolutely. I love it. Makes us, it makes us so happy over here. In our yeah, I want to tell you a fair story, Michelle. This, this, uh, you like this. You brought up the Saratoga house. Last year, after I sold my business, my son went to a house we used to rent in the 90s, knocked on the door uh, and said, hi, you know, we used to rent this place, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, people said, we're good. But this is an Airbnb, Airbnb, whatever they call it. Right. And uh, he said, well, who was the owner? And they gave us the, gave Randy, my son, the owner's name. Randy called the owner and said, we'd like to buy the house. And he, the owner said, it's not for sale. And he said, oh, we used to stay here and we loved it. We'd like to come. And so this is from the 90s. So he finally, after about a half hour, met with the woman and he bought that house. <laughs> It's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> Everything's for sale. Everything's for house, sale. And he, he saw the B&B people again, Airbnb, and he said, you know, we want to stay here this year. And the people said, no, we rented it. You know, we have the rest of the month of August or the week of July. He said, we'll give you double for what you rented it for. <laughs> so now these people started packing up and looking for a hotel to go to. Oh. So we ended up staying there for two weeks, and then this year, and then we spent the last year fixing it up and put all the memorabilia there, and uh, we go visit all the horses that we have. We have about uh, eight, nine, ten, about ten horses now, uh, and we continue to purchase, and we visit the other uh, trainers, and uh, That's we know a lot of them for years. Of course. Um, so it's great Wait, to spend I, time I with I have to ball. interrupt you there. You said trainers. Do you use more trainers than Todd? No, but we know all They the know from, from back from in the, the 90s, day. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like walking down memory lane. Larry, Larry Sarf joining us here on the owner's box. Tell us a little bit about Farbridge. We, he broke his maiden so impressively, and then you guys, I believe, made a deal after the race to purchase him. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What did you see in him? Obviously, the race was very impressive, but give us give us kind of the story, Larry. Yeah, I'll bring you right to Farbridge's story. We have a bloodstock agent who's really wonderful. His name is Steve Young very professional and he knows his business and we had we purchased about oh, six five or six or seven horses from last last summer through um the time we purchased farbridge i think in march uh late march early april um the, the horse had won two races oh, two. two races and yeah, very very strong races Bred well, English Channel had passed on in November 2022. 20, uh, so there weren't going to be any English Channel babies. And I really loved English Channel. Fletcher trained him. Todd did a mm -hmm. great job with him. Went to the Breeders' Cup with him, I think, in 06 or 07. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know what? 
um, I had Steve call up Calumet and make them an offer, um, and they laughed at us. Really? And, oh. uh, yeah, they said not for sale this horse. You know, this is one of that. They didn't laugh at us, but it was. They thought it was funny. Um, then we made a larger who, offer. Who's, did you? Did you? Were you the one that was interested, or did Steve find him and bring him to you? No, Steve. I was look, looking for a, a good three-year-old turf horse. Okay. And Steve found about ten. So, doing some deep, uh, deep investigations into the background and and okay. the, the bloodstock. Obviously, he's a bloodstock agent, so he knew you know the best of the best. Uh, it left us with about seven horses, and we started. And we called. Mr. Mailman, who was the owner of uh, Calumet, and Steve called him, and we all made an offer. And Steve wanted, and Mailman wanted to speak to uh, the person who was interested, and he wanted to know all about me, whether you know who I am, have I owned horses? That's so interesting. Wow. That is. He interesting. was so more interesting and interested in in who was buying it than anything else, which was very impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. I've never, of, I've never heard of that for a potential sellie to kind of vet yeah. the new buyer. Yeah, so he vets me, my name, he wants to know what I did. So he starts Googling me and now he knows more about me than I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was, give us, well, give you us. Must have yeah, out. I want to know how you closed the deal. Yeah. What what was the what was the closing? Like how did you finally say like, "Hey, you know, I'm good." Um, he I'll tell you how I how what he didn't ask for. He didn't, he didn't ask me to uh breathe on his farm when I'm ready to breathe the horse. And when I'm ready to breathe the horse. Sure. Uh, okay. but he did put some caveats where he shares in some financial gain if we win a grade one. Okay. So I said, okay, if we win a grade one, I'll give the money to Charon. and I'll give you a few bucks. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but after betting me out, I ended up, uh, coming to a, a price with him. Uh, Steve closed the deal. Uh, I paid overpaid on the horse, according to other people, but I don't, I, I never listened to anybody's opinion anyway. So uh, we overpaid, according to other people, and I thought I think we underpaid because there's no more stallions that that uh, that English Channel had uh, right. had uh, available. Um, that because they English Channel didn't breed at all in '22. They only he passed away in. November of 22, but he didn't breed at all in 22. So uh, we gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. And so uh, we made the deal, and the deal was made within less than 24 hours it was closed. It was, we wired him uh, the, uh, the price and he asked for, and we, Todd Fletcher, we asked uh, Todd, and Todd was crazy because he still had the, uh, Room for English, I just still oh wow, English oh, Channel cool. that still works. So I have the same groom that worked for that worked on English Channel, and Todd uh, was so happy we gave him the horse. 
Um, but he had seven, eight horses for us to raise, so right. we knew we're not going anywhere else. Uh, Christopher Clement was a little upset. Uh, <laughs> Can't imagine why. He came up to me in Kentucky, introduced himself, and uh, we shook hands. Very nice. Very nice man. He's one trainer I never met before. Yeah. Um, and That's it. Well, you, well, the, well, the crazy thing is... You, I have a question. Go ahead, Michelle. Why, why? What is it about English Channel that you are such a fan of? Because it's not like he was the most commercial stallion ever. He was a... a bulldog of a racehorse but were you a, a racing fan of him or was it just something about him in his breeding career that made you specifically be on the lookout for one well great question and simple answer he wasn't breeding and we wanted to continue his name and we felt that farbridge who won his first two horses and that more or less watching those two races and seeing jose ortiz win the first one uh, I said Rosario won the second one. Uh, we said this horse had potential, and we want to continue the name of English Channel, so we made the offer, then, and that's why we have the horse today. And you got your Grade One okay. in the Belmont Derby, which was an a, an impressive performance, beating some really nice three year olds. Tell us a little bit about that day. Now you you know you had some trouble in the American Turf, you had some trouble in the Pennine Ridge. You go to the Belmont Derby. And uh, tell us just, you know, we want to talk about experiences. So you, you, you said, a lot of people said you overpaid. You don't care about that. But, you know, the horse had a lot of hype going in. Um, what was that day like? That day was uh, amazing. First of all, we were down into both Kentucky races. So we flew down with our grandchildren uh, and our son, Randy, uh, Leslie and I, and a friend. Um, and we lost the two races at Kentucky, and they were very, very close, and they were, were not races that really, they were the type of races that horses get injured in, because uh, this horse likes to ride the rail, and likes to brush the rail, and skim the wood, that's how we call it. So we were very, very upset uh, losing the races, because we knew the horse should have won them. And um, the Belmont day, we had a good feeling that the horse was going to do much better um, because the horse had a problem move, pull, pulling his head to the right. And as he came into the stretch, he would just pull ahead to the right and then try to take off. And if there wasn't an opening, they couldn't get through. But Todd put uh, changed a bit and uh, put changed a bit to a point where the horse will could move that to the right anymore. So what you saw the last race um, was really Farbridge, and Farbridge could run probably two miles lo longer than he ran the last mile and a quarter race. Wow. That's a great story because a lot of times you won't hear that kind of stuff. That that and there's yeah. a, there's a reason Todd Pletcher's in the Hall of Fame, right? That that he makes changes that's like right. that and and can can identify what was going on and that's also a communication thing between the jockey and the trainer and the owner and saying, "Hey, here's what we can do and here's what we can change." That that's a great story, Larry. Yeah, and you know what, even though he won and won many Eclipse awards, he the the um, rider, the day rider, the morning rider, let's call him, um, 
he felt that the horse was uncomfortable uh, making uh, go, going to home and he was hurting himself. And the bit had something to do with it. So mm. it was better for the horse and it was better for Todd and it was very good for us because our whole family was there. Richie Magliori uh, said on TV, he said, I've never heard so much noise <laughs> from 49,000 fans as I heard from the soft family. What's, so, what, 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 what's your what cheering style? Yeah. What, were, were you screaming, jumping, snapping, program slapper? Uh, we were all watching the race from different locations. We all split up. So I had about 20 friends there and family, and we all split up to different areas. Uh, so there were so many reactions. And my son was running so fast. They have him on TV flying through the stands. He was watching from the own. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Leslie and I were watching um, from the paddock area. So we had a, we were so excited seeing the horse make the turn for home. And then when it got to the 16th pole, we knew we got him. I was just, oh, Jose, hold on. Don't fall off, Jose. <laughs> don't fall off. <laughs> That's know, amazing. From, from the movie Secretariat. Yeah. What, what, uh, what uh, they, were, they were yelling. Who was yelling? It was uh, Eddie. Uh, no, it was the trainer. What was his name? What? The trainer oh. of uh, Secretary. Lucy uh, and Laura. Lucy and Laura. Was yes. Don't, yeah, right, right. Don't, don't fall off. Hold on. Hold on, <laughs> Ronnie. Hold on, Ronnie. So that's Larry, what we were what yelling. Was, was it? Larry, was it more exciting just the fact that you got Farbridge finally to win because you put all those puzzle pieces together, or was it the big grade one that you'd been hoping for? It was, it was an accomplishment, whether it was a grade three claiming race. Really, it didn't make a difference. But Todd corrected the horse. Steve Young did a great job in putting the, the package together, and we felt like we were back in the game. Um, with horses that had substance to be able to win, you know, these type of races. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, now we're looking for, you know, to go into the breeding business. Uh, so You're going, it, wait, wait, you're going back? You're going back? You yeah, said you gonna, didn't like the breeding we're, business. We're going to go back. Oh, I my goodness. End up going back. <laughs> so, well, okay, I mean, okay, we have... So that's your long-term goal. I know your short-term goal is Saratoga Derby, but what's your ultimate, what's the ultimate race for him? The ultimate race could be um, either the Breeders' Cup, three and up, a mile and a half. Yeah. Um, it could also be the West Virginia Derby. It could be yeah. the, um, I would prefer not to ride it, to go to Dubai, but maybe the Ascot. Uh, oh, maybe great. to go chase some of the international buddies we have, uh, or just uh, stay here in the States and hopefully keep the horse strong and healthy and uh, visit him. And uh, I sent you a great picture. I don't know if you saw I the picture. That, oh. Is that him with another horse that are kissing? Yeah. Oh, we're going to use we that. Purchased the horse. We purchased another, and I sent you that horse, also Philly, named Mal Malamu. Malamu, Malamu was buying with yes. Channel. Yes. Yes. So they were both next to each other, kissing each other from stall to stall. This 
You, you saw that, yep. Michelle? That's amazing. I did. I just sent it to Billy so he could see that it, too. I didn't know that was amazing. the two of them. It's so cute. That is wild. Yeah. It's, and it says LSU Stables. The the, the colors are, are the yellow and the, and the purple of LSU. Is there a – is the, now, and you are Larry Sarf, so there are initials in there, but is this Go Tigers? Uh, no, it's uh, it's Leslie and La- Leslie Soft, Larry Soft United with that family. So that's oh, where it came from. Very nice. Um, so we have shirts that uh, in, when I was in business that I, we used to give out to our employees, different colors based on their achievements. Um, oh. So they were grade ones, grade twos, grade three. So it had nothing to do with the university and. Uh, we don't. Uh, the colors happen to look alike, but uh, we don't. Um, well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got that. It. I'm glad we got that cleared up, Larry. Appreciate you. You spent way more time than than we promised you, but the stories were so great we couldn't stop. Uh, talk. Just give us one. Give our audience one lesson. You've been in this game for a long, long time. Give our audience, as someone who's just getting into the game as an owner, give them one piece of advice. That, that that you really think is the most important piece? It's a, it's a tough game. The majority of owners, uh, as you know, the expression, this is a game, sport of kings. Uh, so at, at a very high level, it's very expensive. So be prepared to put a, a syndicate or, or get involved with a syndication. And those that do have enough to finance their own uh, purchases, uh, you know, look for the best horses. If you want to get into the claiming game, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, again, it's very expensive. Um, but just be prepared to go down to the barn, spend time, feed the horses. My son, he's the one that talks to Farbridge. I sent you that tape also. Randy uh, is a horse whisperer. So he goes down to the barn most of the time and speaks to the horses. and. We have uh, another five spread running. We have one running this Friday, uh, Kucha, and he he spoke to Kucha in depth. He has his own meeting, and <laughs> then next it. week we're running a couple. Uh, Diamond Ants is a beautiful filly we have, um, so she's running next week on the turf, and then we're going to be running uh, August fifth. I think is the date for the second uh, part of the uh, the. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, the the, the, the yeah, the Saratoga Derby International, six hundred thousand grade one for Farbridge. Right. Yep. You know what we do like about this? What we like is uh, we don't see too many Europeans coming after these races. So I think they're afraid of Farbridge. Uh, there's a lot of other great horses that are in the in this class. Uh, Chad has a. Uh, a good horse, he has very good horse, and uh, I think that uh, he'll give us a shot. And Clement has a couple of good horses, so there's a lot of competition with some great, a great competition with the horses that are in and on the turf. But it's fun when you're going to meet the European horses and see, uh, you know, how we're going to do against the Europeans. 
Absolutely. Measure yourself against the best. Larry Sarf, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for all your time and what you do with our, with and for our industry. Uh, I'm going to hit you up for Karmathon. It's our fundraiser that's coming up uh, August 26th. So I will actually hit you up. And we have very small expectations, but we appreciate everything you and your wife do. Uh, do and, and good luck with LSU Stables and Farbridge. This is an exciting summer. You know what? Thank you, and uh, we appreciate it. So we'll be part of Karma Team, and we'll be with you all the way. The 28th, we have the uh, the Travis Week. Uh, we have the uh, BCCA, uh, which is the uh, uh, we'll be getting a humanitarian award there. So we'll be at uh, we're there with the children up in Saratoga, and uh, we really enjoy it. And on a side note. A very dear friend of mine for about 25 years is John Nehruth. John Nehruth passed uh, when he was 101, and I was with him when he passed. Uh, and John gave me a lot of lessons on horses in general, horse racing in general. So uh, it gave me a little experience that is very hard to gain, uh, from, especially from a great man. You should rest in peace. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you again, Larry. Great. Best of luck the rest of the summer. And again, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Okay. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll thank speak you so again much, after we win. Absolutely. Okay, we'll, we'll call you back for sure. We want to do this again. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. Okay, bye. That's Larry Sarf, LSU Stables. Michelle, I mean, you came through again. He had such great stories. Amazing stories. Like, you couldn't couldn't stop them because they were so good. Like, you just, you know, you just want to and keep listening. I'll, I'll tell you what. He sent me an, art, uh, an article, a uh, video that Maggie had interviewed him. And we didn't get to this, but he mentioned that they got married at Belmont Park. That's crazy. That's awesome. If you get married at a racetrack, which you know, one would you get married at? Delmar. Yeah? For sure. I'd get it on the beach. I already am married. Well, that's not really Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you guys were going to renew your vows. I mean, maybe like, we'll do it on the veranda. At the ver oh, that would be kind of cool, though. Yeah, table thirty-six. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. That was so great, Michelle. I mean, that was just great listening, and I hope our audience enjoyed it. Um, we got first post at Del Mar on Friday at two p.m. Kicks off the season. We got overnights out yet? Overnight, I didn't even check because we've been on. With, look, we've been look. on with Larry, so. Um, but it's it's going to be a huge day, and uh, Michelle, really, thank you for for reaching out, and thanks to uh, Todd Pletcher and and Steve Young for making this happen. I think it's important. It, we've said this before on our show, but one of the things we like to do is have owners tell their stories, and there's really mm -hmm. no place for it. You watch TVG with all due respect, or Fox. Uh, back east and 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 they don't spend the time with the owners this is their voice so i think that's uh it was really nice of of mr sarf to spend so much time with us today and hopefully you guys enjoyed your stories we are part of the in the money media network um i am on twitter at bklrf at the michelle U at own a horse is our show michelle did i miss anything the entries are out for delmar the entries are out for delmar well do you want to talk about that or do you want to just yeah, finish okay, the show? Okay. Race one is a 16 claimer going one mile traditional kind of kickoff race. 10 in, two on the also's. Then we have maidens, 10 in, 
Then we have another field of maidens, uh, three-year-olds and up, 12 in, two on the also's. We have beaten claimers, 11 horses in that race. We've got Calbred Maiden, two-year-old fillies, 10 in, four on the also's. Yeah, it's nuts. I told you it was going to be nuts. I know. We have an allowance on the turf, 12 in, one on the also. A starter, 10 in, one on the also. The Oceanside Stakes, 14 in. Uh, an allowance race, 12 in. Another allowance race, 12 in, <laughs> one on the also's. That's 10 wild. races for opening day. 10 races opening day and full field. Should be a great day on Friday. We'll report back to you next week on what happened. Michelle, you're the best. And uh, we'll let it go. Bye.